Hey guys, welcome to the self-evident podcast. It is Saturday night, 7 p.m. I'm Mike. This is Matt. You're not Massey. Uh, nope. No, I am not. Uh... No, we don't have Massey here tonight. He is coming back from, what is it, North Carolina. North Carolina. They had an anniversary trip. So do not forget to... They being Massey, Massey. and his lovely wife, Carrie. And Carrie. Yes, not Massey and Jared. No, um, that would not be an anniversary. If you guys ever have an anniversary, let me know. I don't think I'll, we're, we're I'll not like... a gift. No. No, not going to happen. happen. Okay. Nope. Well, then in that case, be sure to wish Massey and Carrie a happy anniversary. They're coming back. They're they're almost back, but Massey wasn't going to make it in time. We want to get you a show. So I brought on Jared because I really couldn't find anybody else to do it. Um, even the guy down the street at the bus stop said, no way. He said, yep. call Jared. So I called Jared. You're here. Hey, 10, <laughs> ten, ten string is good for me, you know? I'm just- I got here, so he's good. he's here. Um, no, honestly, Jared is an amazing guy. He is going to help us kind of explore the world of prophecy, especially there are so many prophecies going around about Trump. And so we want to just kind of navigate our way through that. We want to get somewhere and and help people learn and figure out what's going on here, what should be going on, yeah. what shouldn't be going on. Now, before we get into that, don't forget, go to our store, 1776truth.store, theselfevidenttruth.com, right? Those are your two sites. If you notice on Jared's head, we have a beautiful, beautiful hat, Make America Constitutional again. If you want to start conversations with people, this is the way to do it because they don't know how to handle it. Beautiful modeling, Jared. Thank Thank you you so much. I uh, went to school for that. (laughs) I can tell. Very, very long time ago. Yes, long, long time ago. Like before cameras were out, so. Oh, you're that old. Then you can really speak on prophecy. I can. (laughs) So uh, this this hat, honestly, it starts conversations. The beautiful part is people don't know how to react to it because it's it's not MAGA. It's not it's not red. No, it's not blue. No. So what What do I do? Have you have, have you had anybody bring it up when you've been wearing it or not yet? I've had a few people give me some thumbs up or come up and say, "Hey, I, I really like that hat." And I said, "Thanks, my uh, my buddy awesome. sells it at a store." Go to this store. What's the store? What's the seventeen seventy six truth dot store? Shameless plug. Shameless Let's plug. So go get yourself a hat. Get yourself a t shirt. Help support this, we, we, guys. We just upgrade equipment. Help support. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, I will say here in our uh, in our beautiful county uh, that when I do wear the hat, and I may or may not be wearing a mask, usually not. Um, when I'm wearing the hat, people really don't say anything to me. So I, no. I think it's a great alternative to wearing a mask is getting a Make America Constitutional Again hat. I there think you it's, go. That's a perfect compromise. I, I I've got the shirt that says Make America yes. Constitutional Again, and I was talking to my dad actually on Zoom the other night and he's like, oh be careful wearing that shirt it's like, actually nobody ever says anything to me about it no you know, which surprises me yep. I'm, I'm always kind of waiting for somebody to give me guff but i think they even they realize oh so this this isn't just blind maga which if you support maga that's that's totally cool but we're more concerned about getting back to the constitution yeah i think this is this is the way yes we maga exactly yeah, so yeah we maca yeah yeah exactly. we maca maca um so do not forget as well jared are you on parlor yet 
I am Why not? on Parlor, but I but don't remember. I'm not like on Parlor. Parlor's <laughs> like the Parlor is like the the new Twitter. Yeah, and I I despise do all Twitter. things Twitter. So so I'm mostly on Facebook, Instagram, and I do I did uh, open a MeWe account. Uh, I've, I've only friended my mom though. So like that's my only friend on that. Oh, okay. Now, so well, yeah, I won't befriend you. I'll let her be the one and only. <laughs> yes. Um, yeah. But I hated Twitter. Couldn't stand it. But Parler, P A R L E R dot com. I I love the free speech aspect, and I yes. say this every time that I I have to catch myself because it's like on YouTube, on Facebook, I'm always a little concerned about what I put on there, yeah. right? It's a, how do I word this so I'm not going to get shadow banned? Parlor, I have to remind myself, no, I, I can post what I need to post. I don't have to mold it, stuff. Mold it for the, uh, the fact checkers. Exactly. The fact checkers. Fact checkers. Yes. So get on Parlor. You're going to see all of your favorite people on there, all of your favorite personalities as, as well. Not all of them. I shouldn't say that. A lot of your favorite personalities are out there, especially self-evident ministries. So yeah. get on there, start checking the it out. Important. We make sure the most important of Parlor is us. We make sure we post every day. We make sure we're we're showing articles we think are important. We show quotes, comments, our opinions, our thoughts. Get on there. Um, that being said. You ready to get into the news bits? Let's get into let's, some news. Let's get into some news bits. What have you got for us, Mike? All right. So I have a guest producer tonight. I want everybody to give a round of applause for Chris on the interwebs, on the comments, which I should open up the interweb comments because uh, people might comment. But give him a round of applause because guess what? Uh, Kristen, unfortunately, is not here tonight. But we have our great guy, Chris. Um, let's see. And if do your name is not uh, does not start with Chris, I don't think you're allowed to actually do any editing here. So no. Chris, Kristen, that's that's pretty much <laughs> you know Christy, Christy. We'd be open to that. Christopher, that you can know, work too. I didn't even notice that. I never even realized that. Thank you so much for pointing that out. Okay, no I I do have the comments up. Thank you for posting happy anniversary. Let's get more of that going, guys. Let's get yeah. happy anniversaries up. So now in to the news bits. Slide number one. 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 So, Jared, I'm sure you heard about this. The Gavin Newsom dinner party out in California. Did you hear about that? I have not heard about oh, this. Oh, you're going to enjoy yes. this. So this one I found just rather delicious in its irony. So Gavin Newsom, the governor of California, he demanded citizens cannot have parties with people from more than three families. And, of course, this is course. getting into the whole Thanksgiving thing, and, yes. and they've got all the no more than 10 people. Well, he decided it'd be a good idea to go to a birthday party with people mm. 12 different people at a, one of the families. fanciest rest you know, yeah. of course yeah. fanciest restaurants around for a lobbyist oh well okay yeah it was very important to be there um and then funny enough pelosi and the democrats they were also caught trying to have intro dinners for new members after they had told everybody hey thanksgiving's canceled yeah well this just goes to the there's the whole notion that the uh, the Democrats are the party for the little people. No, they're they're the party for themselves. They're the party for themselves. It's all it's this is about uh, uh, there being a a ruling class and a citizen class, and the ruling class makes up all the rules, and the citizens just have to deal with the rules, but not the ruling class because they're 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 a, 
a step above. Yeah. And that's that's the attitude that we constantly see displayed by uh, these liberals who want to create these lockdowns, right? And enforce their will on people. But yeah. it does not it does not apply to them. And I was I was thinking a lot about this this morning. Um and one of the things that I want people to remember is this is not a situation where you have to just accept that you have rulers over you and you have to submit. These are elected officials. We don't have to let our servants decide their masters over us. Right. They are our servants. Our representatives serve us in running the government. So if our servant, if let's use biblical scenario here yeah christ is telling a parable about a master and servant and and you get the idea of a master who owns the house and he has servants in his house that do the work and they don't talk back right when you're a good servant you submit you do what you need to do you don't talk back right that's not this situation here these people are actually more of our servants right Yet now they've decided, well, we're going to tell you what to do, what you can and can't do. And hey, by the way, we're going to still do what we told you you can't do. Yeah, I think a big a big problem is that people don't understand the authority structure in the United States. Yeah. You see, there's uh, there's this mentality that uh, political figures, we elect leaders. We don't actually elect leaders. We elect representatives. That's what we elect. Yeah. We, we are we are a republic. And we elect our representatives. Now, what are our representatives governed by? They're governed by the Constitution. That is an agreement, or you could say a covenant, that Americans make as citizens to uphold the Constitution. So the authority in the land is not the president. It is not your representative. It is not your governor. The authority is the Constitution. From there... Okay, that is that is the covenant that was made mm-hmm. for America. Okay, under God. So we have we have God, we have the Constitution, and then we have the citizenry of America, which some of the citizens are representative elected officials. Yes. Okay, they are not quote unquote leaders as we you would think of a king or something of that nature. It's completely different. So when we look at authority, they are actually, those elected officials should be held because to a higher standard than most citizens because the fact of, of the matter is the Constitution delegates them what they can do. Mm-hmm. And if they step out from that constitutional role, they are the ones that are in rebellion. They are the ones that are stepping outside of authority, not citizens who do not obey obey their unlawful edicts. I don't even want to say they're, yeah, because they're not even laws. These are just dictates. These are orders. These are just uh, opinions that they're putting out there and they're, uh, they're putting some sort of teeth behind because they have uh, uh, the, the police or the different yeah. law enforcement agencies that will go along with them, but they're not constitutional. They're not, uh, they're not actual laws. Yeah. And, and I want to, I picture it like if you were running a business and you sent out your salespeople, they're your representatives of your company. Now, yeah. they, they have some authority to make some decisions, right? You, 
high level companies, they have salespeople they trust to come up with a number to make a deal. What they don't trust them with is to change the structural foundation of the company. You can't right. just decide that the product is going to change when you're talking to the client. Right. You don't have that authority. You don't have the authority of what, what you're allowed to do or not allowed to do. You're told by the company's own manifesto and the company's bylaws and the company's rules of conduct, what you're allowed to and not allowed to do. Speaking from experience in that exact scenario, when you have a, a salesperson that goes out and, and starts you know, pushing a product and saying a product can do all these things and it can't do all those things, you're gonna run into a problem. It's the same yep. thing with representative government. If you say, oh uh, yeah, the government government will take care of your healthcare. Oh, we'll make sure that if you get fired, no, you, you won't suffer any, any uh, downtime, you'll, 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 we'll just send you checks. You know, yeah. you start doing that. Now you're going out of the purview of what you're supposed to be doing. And what happens is that things fail. Things don't work correctly. Exactly. It, so when our representatives end up coming to us and saying, well, you need to sit in your house for four more weeks or six more weeks because right. we've determined that's what you need to do. And then we watch them go and they're sitting at salons and they're sitting at restaurants and they're going to parties and they're they're allowing huge block parties and, and yet then turning around. That They're acting out of line. And so I want you guys to start thinking about that idea of let's start not seeing them just as, well, they told us what to do. So let's you know, let's just get along to get along. No, vote them out. Get rid of them. Protest yeah. them. Write in. Connect with other leaders who understand and do not want that to happen. You find your networking, right? There's there's many ways that we can organize on this. And I, yeah. I'm sick of seeing it. I Something changed to where it's like, these people, no, you didn't. I'm they're, not gonna, they're not I'm even not... <laughs> they're not even trying to hide the fact no. that they're living a, they that they just ignore their own rules and their own edicts if you will uh, you know to the to the citizenry they're not even trying to hide that anymore they're being extremely blatant about it yeah it's 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 getting sickening how blatant oh, it yeah, is exactly so we'll keep an eye out on it we'll keep the news yep bits of that going uh, let's go to slide two so I'm sure you guys are wondering about the elections what's going on with the elections. Well, slide number two, federal lawsuit seeks to throw out 1.2 million Michigan votes. This is what I'm going to say. They're seeking to throw out four major Democrat county strongholds due to voter fraud and irregularities. I don't see it happening. I'm not trying to be a pessimist. I'm not trying to say Trump doesn't have other avenues. But what I am saying is, Look, in Detroit, we saw a judge dismiss a Trump case already. The case had four or five affidavits that were signed, yet the judge took a former election official's word and said, well, he said it's okay, so we're just going to dismiss this because we can't trust the word of these witnesses. I don't see something like throwing out 1.2 million votes happening, especially in a pretty progressive stronghold area like the Detroit area. Um, and I don't, I don't know how much you've been following that specifically. Um, and if you have, please chime in. But it's let's keep our eyes on the prize. Don't get dissuaded or or yeah. down because this gets dismissed. There's other avenues that are happening. 
Um, there's other things going on behind the scenes. And one thing that I wanted to point out that I thought was interesting, I saw this uh, just today. In New York Times in 1994, there was a race for a seat in Philly. And Philly, Democrat stronghold. Yeah, definitely. most Almost always been, right? A judge threw out the election because there was proven voter fraud and a, a massive organizational voter fraud so much so that the judge threw out the election threw out the democrat and put the republican into position wow because of all of the, the fraud. fraud yeah and now whether or not he should have done that constitutionally i don't know but the fact that he saw it was so egregious in philly what 30 years ago almost that he actually kicked the <laughs> the Democrat wow. candidate out who, yeah. who they had rushed to to confirm Inaugurate. him. And, yeah, yeah. yeah, exactly. And still, he said, no, no, we're putting the Republican because this is so pervasive and, yeah. and so obvious. We, we can't, can't even allow ignore this. it. Yeah. yeah. And I'm really hoping that we get some judges that see what's going on and just can't stand for it. And I know Trump has or put into position a lot of judges. Hundreds. You know, it, yeah, it's 300 something, I yeah, think. It's three, it was over 300 last yeah. time I checked. Yeah. yeah. So, which, hey, good good for you. Good, you yeah, you yeah. kind of exactly. helped That's try really to good. build the system back up. So we'll see where it goes. Yeah. And I think one of the interesting things, too, about these uh, different election art, uh, or, or voter fraud uh, headlines and that type of thing that I've seen is a lot of headlines that seem to be coming out seem to be almost be uh, somewhat coordinated, if you will. Yeah. Uh, because they'll go after things and say, oh, you know, they're, they, uh, they decided they're not doing a recount here. And, and it's interesting because it's like, yeah, well, they weren't actually trying to do a recount there. That's not the problem. They're actually investigating voter fraud and seeing which of the votes are valid. Yeah. Right. So they say, oh, yeah, the, there won't be a recount here or here. And it's like the the media narrative is still trying to push. Hey, just get just we're done. We're done. We're done. Just, you know, mm -hmm. you know let's let's not look at anything else. Let's not examine anything. Um, and they just push a different narrative in, in, for like each one of the states that says, oh, we're, uh, you know, oh, they lost a legal battle here. And it's like, yeah, well, they lost it and they'll appeal it yep. uh, at the next court. So they don't give you the full story and everything is sort of coordinated to make it look like the election's over. It's all done. It's all been decided. And it's just not the case. Well, and they they named, you know, they the media went ahead and named Biden president elect, elect yeah he hasn't been elected no, yet the electoral hasn't. college hasn't met yet so they name him president elect anything that has to do with fraud they say it's baseless no evidence and i i've noticed there is concerted effort to do that in, yep. in every article about it that's that's from a, a left-leaning news source they go out of their way to say baseless claims or no evidence of voter fraud right and and people are it's it's repeating it enough to where people believe it um there was a comment about the the voting system dominion you know i i agree carol i i think dominion we haven't heard the last of that have you no. heard much about that so what i've what i've heard uh just a few things is that this was uh this was software uh that was uh, allegedly originally designed to help uh hugo chavez win in venezuela yeah and that it was uh, developers uh, from the U.S., also developers from China were involved in creating this. And 
the rumor is, and this is, you know, stuff that I've not been able to validate. So it's a rumor, right? Yeah. But the rumor is this was used by CIA in external elections around the world to sway them. And then now they basically have taken it home. And uh, the reports are that they've tried to use uh, this uh, software to sway votes. And I think uh, last I heard one of the president's representatives was saying how they believe there's 1.2 or maybe 2.2 million votes that were changed Wow! Uh, um, in the election. And that's just what they know now. Yeah. And I think it's important to realize too, is that they're looking at uh, the states right now, Wisconsin, Michigan, Georgia, uh, Arizona, Nevada, yeah. uh, states that are not being looked at are states like California, Washington, mm, New York. New York. Um, I get the sense that what happens in Pennsylvania, this election is going to have a, a ripple effect that is going to affect elections in all these other states. Mm. And that's just a, a feeling that I have that there's something going to happen in Pennsylvania, some, uh, uh, some news that's going to come out of Pennsylvania that will have an effect that will that will really change voting and elections for the better because there's going to be an exposing of what's going on. So we'll see how that goes. No, I, I appreciate you saying that because I I appreciate you confirming something that I, I've kind of felt subconsciously. Like I, I haven't really put words to it, but it's it's almost like Pennsylvania has been a little bit more highlighted for me than stuff going on in Michigan or in Georgia. It's just like there's there's something about Pennsylvania. So, you know, we'll wait and see. But I appreciate you saying that because I, I think especially with this Dominion software, something's going to happen that, that I think is yeah. going to break open on this. And, you know, there's rumors right now, alleged rumors. I don't even know if I want to get into it, but there was supposedly, supposedly, right? It's something that that people are still trying to verify, but supposedly a company connected with the Dominion software, the U.S. Army raided their servers and, and had their servers in possession. Now. Right. That's, that's the rumor. Um, if that were the case, one of the things that was said about this whole thing was that the CIA was not involved in the operation, right. which if you think about how the CIA was using the software in previously previously in external countries and there's been this back and forth with the cia and the fbi in terms of you know trump and and going state. i don't blame if if this actually happened i do not blame trump for going i'm not cutting you in on this cia because no. yeah, exactly. i've seen what you've done and i've seen what you've done to me right you know, and so we'll see but there's something more just the name come on dominion. i know yeah dominion exactly. like <laughs> yeah <laughs> so we'll keep an eye on it we'll let you guys know what we find out on it um slide three just quick i wanted to do this as an encouragement so the the maga march now who knows what the numbers really are they want a million somebody estimated you know, tens of thousands who knows what i do appreciate is this is visible movement and action by people yes people are out and moving it's encouraging to see people. They're not just laying down for this. Right. They're done. <laughs> just yeah, I think down. I think one of the things that's going to be very interesting um, in the in the next four years is uh, I don't think we're going to see uh, the idleness from people that typically happens after a presidential election. You have a presidential election and then interest 
basically goes down to less than zero for about three years. And then mm -hmm. all of a sudden the primaries start up and everyone's, you know, interested in politics again uh, during the next presidential election. I think 2022 is going to be one heck mm -hmm. of an election cycle, yeah. right? Midterm elections, it's going to be huge. And I think the people that you see marching now are going to be voting in droves and it's going to be really interesting. I I don't I don't imagine Dominion software will be around probably not. in the next 2 to 3 months. Like probably not. it's going to be done. Yeah. Okay? So the next software that gets used is going to be thoroughly vetted and yeah. thoroughly uh investigated and and uh, basically we're going to make sure that that software works correctly or whatever we do uh with elections going forward right so it's going to be there's going to be i have a feeling um there's going to be no matter what happens right now there's going to be a cry from uh, the american people that said hey listen no more funny business we want actual true elections yeah 2022 is going to be amazing to see what happens because yeah. that with all this going on with voter fraud being exposed now for what it is it better be cleaned up by 2022 and it's going to be really interesting to see the outcome of those elections and i think one of the things that'll happen on this and this is one thing where people ask well what can i do and this is one area where I think we as conservatives really need to start getting involved in droves is start being active and volunteering for the polling stuff. Now, I understand because it's usually used as a joke, but right. conservatives don't protest much because they're too busy they jobs. working jobs and having right. families. Mm -hmm. uh, but how can we as conservatives, we need to make time. And we need to be there in the polling places. We need to be working yeah. those positions. We, we've we just kind of seeded it, I think, yeah. a lot of us. There, there's still those conservatives who are like, no, I'm going to do my part. I'm going to be a part of that. We need to start getting it to the outer rings of the conservative movement and say, no, we're going to watch this. We're going to be involved in the middle of this so that yeah. you can't mess around anymore because I'm sick of you taking it from me because – I wasn't a part of this. Yeah. And so we've we've got the chance now to readjust and step out and be a part of the the polling and and volunteering for these positions and being poll watchers and, and doing what we need to do to get involved in the actual system down at the ground level, because that's where liberals get it right. They're so good at at getting people to buy into the ground movement of the game yeah and we as conservatives we have a much harder time doing that i we think to some extent it's because we are uh we trust the process in yeah. some ways probably more than we should and i think we need to have the you know the old reagan uh saying of trust but verify yeah we trust our elections yeah but we're going to verify it too and we need to have that kind of attitude on election day where we're saying, okay, I'm going to volunteer to be uh, a poll watcher. Yeah. A lot of, uh, a lot of jobs right now will give you uh, extra time, you know, to go vote. And, you know, some of us, I think maybe just need to take a, a, a personal day yeah. and just do it. I mean, one personal day every four years is not that big a deal. No. And, and that way you're, you're serving. 
You're right. serving exactly. your country and you're, you're serving and you're helping keep the integrity of the system. So maybe what we'll do, I know we've talked about putting together how do you actually run for a local office? I think we'll do a series where we'll put together how do you run for a local office? How do you help in in the system in terms of the election system, in terms of, of this, that and the other thing? Because people just don't know. Yeah, they don't know. So we we want to give you guys that information. Um, Carol says we need to support our Florida governor right now. Absolutely. Oh, Absolutely. 100%. I'm so proud of him, dude. So proud of DeSantis. It just it it makes me so happy that is he perfect? No, but I've got somebody that I don't have to look over my shoulder yeah. every other week like I would with Newsom or we Northam don't we don't, we don't have a governor Whitmer. that's uh, that's putting uh, pressure. On religious organizations no. we don't have a governor that wants to be um in your house at thanksgiving making sure you're using uh disposable forks and <laughs> you know all of this stuff and uh make sure that uh you're having you're uh, wearing masks with your with your close family in your yep. own in your own house we don't have a governor like that so because we don't have a governor like that uh, uh florida's been thriving lately and uh, yeah, it really has. Yeah, I mean, if you if you look around, even I was looking at some of the COVID statistics of the counties uh, that got hit hardest. I think Miami Dade probably got hit the worst. Mm -hmm. um, it's also the largest, you know, population in Florida. So, uh, but a lot of the uh, uh, the areas around uh, where the villages are, which is a huge retirement community, very small numbers of deaths. Yeah, and we're talking lots of elderly people living there, lots of retirees that are quote unquote, high risk. And Florida's doing well. Florida's doing yeah. well. And yeah, because <laughs> I'm so tempted to get into it, but I'm not, <laughs> I'm, I'm with you. Like we we're okay. Yeah. And, and we'll be okay. It, sad. Yes. Hard. Yes. Yeah. But I support DeSantis and what he's doing. Yeah, totally. Um, are you ready to get into it? Yeah, I'm ready to get into you it. You ready? Yes. What All do you right. got? What do you got, Mike? So one of the things that I wanted to do was I wanted to describe to you guys or, or help you guys kind of finagle the whole world of prophecy. There were a lot of prophecies going around about Trump. This goes back years to yeah. you know, people of Trump's going to be president, filled with the spirit, that kind of thing. And we watched, and, and I'm not putting people on blast, I'm not putting any names out, but we watched somebody who had put, who had given out a prophecy, right. say Trump, Trump's going to be reelected. Then the newspapers brought out Biden's name. So he said, he it was Friday when the, uh, it was Friday when or they something, announced, Friday or Saturday yeah. time frame. And what, what was the day that he, he, so what he did was he basically came out and apologized yeah. for giving that prophecy saying he was wrong. Uh, yep. And I don't remember what day it was that he actually came out. It was like it was, like, it was the day after yeah. the uh, the election was officially called, I believe, or maybe the day of. Yeah, it was. Uh, I believe it was over last weekend or something of that nature. And a lot of people, will, the hard part about that is a lot of people will point to that and say, "See, this whole thing is this whole prophecy thing is is a wash. It's not true. None of it's right." Um, which does a disservice to the idea of prophecy. And that was part of why I wanted to discuss this with you is, and then he came back and, and you told me, gave you an apology for his apology and which, yeah. which is <laughs> just wait and watch it out. Just right. let this settle before you start 
changing things up. But I, I wanted to discuss with you, especially in this time, and we'll we'll start more at the the foundation of prophecy. I want you to describe for the viewers and and go ahead and tell them straight. What is prophecy used for? How do people use it? How is it proper? Right. How is it improper? Yeah. So in um, um, in the church, we've been given uh, spiritual gifts. Holy Spirit uh, enables us uh, for certain uh, reasons, and that's laid out in uh, in Corinthians, where it talks about the different spiritual gifts. One of those spiritual gifts is the gift of prophecy. Now, I, I uh, in charge. I'm in charge of the prophetic ministry at our church, and one of the things that we teach is that as Christians who have been uh, baptized in the Holy Spirit, that we believe that hearing from God, hearing God's voice is not prophetic. It's just normal. So everyday Christians filled with the Holy Spirit should be hearing the voice of God. But there is a gift of prophecy. And what is the gift of prophecy for? Uh, it's for edifying the church. It's for building up the church. Uh, speaking of uh, people's destiny, the destiny of churches, uh, the destiny of, of different regions, that's what prophecy is for. It's also to draw people near to God or stir them up and uh, giving someone a prophetic word that tells them, uh, clues them into their future, brings them closer to God. And then the last part of what prophecy is supposed to do is to cheer up or comfort somebody. So a lot of times a prophetic word can be given to actually comfort people. Mm -hmm. Now, there's a difference between the gift of prophecy and actually the calling of a prophet. So you'll see prophets at churches have a leadership role at the church. They are uh, they're heavily invested in setting the foundations of a local church and uh, setting the foundations of the kingdom of God in that region. And those prophets also take on um, additional roles and a different additional uh, responsibilities and anointings. And some of those can be prophetic words that issue correction or that issue direction, yeah. saying the Lord says go this way, right? So there's a gift of prophecy that's available for uh, building up, for stirring up, and for cheering up the church. And that's available to all Christians baptized in the spirit. And then there is the prophet who is a, is a actual authoritative office who also has uh, the ability to, or the, uh, the anointing, if you will, um, and the authority to issue uh, direction and correction as yeah. well. Now, I think one of the things that's interesting and you and I were having a little bit of a conversation is there's a lot of different tenants around or pillars that uh, are set up for the prophetic and since probably about um mid to late 70s early 80s there's been a uh, a large influx of uh, new revelation through the bible and through the uh, uh just the revelation of the holy spirit about different protocols and such for prophecy yeah and in kansas city there was a lot of pioneers there in the uh, mid early eighties. And they really came up with three uh, structures for prophecy or three um, uh, pillars, I guess, if you would say. Uh, one is that uh, prophecy includes revelation, which revelation is actually hearing that 
word from God. Yeah. Then it needs interpretation because if you look through the gospels, Jesus always taught in parables. He often talks to people in parables, whether through that's, that's through a dream, through a prophetic word, through a vision, etc. So we have, we have the interpretation that's needed. And then we have the application. And for the most part, the church has been very, very good in these three aspects of teaching revelation, yeah. of teaching interpretation, and the, uh, the actual action to go with that, right? The application of that prophetic word. But some of the, some of the other pillars that we've not been so diligent at, I'm not going to say that people have not taught this because it has been taught. Uh, Bill Hammond teaches this in his school of the prophets up in uh, North Florida. He talks about there's three other pillars that we need to be um, concerned with, or we need to be mindful of, I should say. We need to be mindful that prophecy is partial. Mm -hmm. Not one prophet gets the entire picture. They get pieces of the puzzle. They get little portions of it. Okay, so it's important to realize that it's partial. The other thing is that it's conditional. Yeah. Prophecy has conditions that need to be met by people because God wants to work with you to accomplish these things. Which, and, and I apologize, guys, we're having some trouble with the camera at the moment. Um, is the, the switch box. Can you switch back and forth? Are we still uh, lost that? Okay, so we'll we'll just boil down to one camera, I guess. Can you just run it back and forth? <laughs> I hate to do that to you, but so I don't know. Yeah, I apologize, guys. Um, so as as Chris is figuring this out, we're going to keep running, plowing through, and plowing ahead. So you were talking about they they see in part right? right so so each prophet gets gets a piece they get a directive in part and then there's an idea of them coming together now that's something that i don't think people are familiar with because they're used to the idea that a prophet like isaiah comes with the whole thing he's done he walks off um so maybe you can just quickly describe like how has it changed is it still the same as it was before? You know, what's, yeah. where does that change come in or so, that discrepancy, right? Yeah, well, there's lots of differences between Old Testament and New Testament prophets. Like, for instance, one of the, uh, one of the changes is that we don't have uh, messianic prophecy anymore, yeah. which means we're not prophesying about a, uh, a coming Messiah, right? We know, we know who the Messiah is. He came. <laughs> We've been through that, right? Yeah. So, so there's so that's that's just an immediate change. Uh, one of the other things is if you look in um, in Exodus when uh, God is talking, when God pulls the um, Hebrews and the Israelites out of Egypt, right? Um, he wished to talk to them, and they said no. Good point. Okay, they said no. They said no. We don't want to talk to God. We want yeah. we want you to go to God for us and talk, right? Well, now that Jesus has come and we have the Holy Spirit that can indwell us all, we all can hear from God. So that's a major difference between uh, the the uh, way the Old Testament worked, where He chose specific vessels to work through. Now we still have specific prophets. We have yeah. we have anointings, and we have. Uh, sort of your measure of your authority, 
right? Like there, there's different prophets that operate. Uh, they might have an authority over their their family. Actually, every man should have should have <laughs> have <laughs> prophetic authority over their own household. Absolutely. That's just a given, right? And then others will have it over uh, maybe your church, maybe your region, uh, maybe your state. And then yet some other prophets will have a a metron of authority that goes over maybe a whole nation yeah. or nations. And, okay. And one of the things that I, I want to be sure to point out is you you get a sect of people or a group of people who say we don't have prophets anymore. Because notice you're you're pointing out the difference between the Old Testament prophets right. and the post messianic era prophets. I don't know how you want to term that, but we we totally accept the ministry or positions of evangelists. Yes. We we see some people as just like, yeah, they're totally an evangelist. Other people as pastors, other people as teachers. Yet for some reason we've decided that we're going to remove prophets and apostles from the fivefold. Now if Paul has said speaking to the new church, the the uh post crucifixion, the the post resurrection church if he's speaking to that church and saying, look, there's five positions here, you know, and, and there's there's an, a more expanded list, but everybody right. talks about the fivefold, right? So we have the apostle, the prophet, the teacher, the pastor, and the evangelist. Right. How can we, and, and this is rhetorical question, because, you know, it, how do we remove two positions yeah. yet still say three still exist i yeah it's 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 confusing it's it well it's just not true no i mean it's <laughs> i mean that's, that's it, it's completely inconsistent with scripture so if we're working from the frame of reference of okay the prophet ministry the prophet position does still exist but it's been modified a little bit now that each of us are are walking in spirit and one of the right. things that that you mentioned that i hearken back to is paul talks about parts of the body. And you kind of mentioned that, you know, that there are these different parts of the body that come together to complete the body, yes. to unite it. Everybody has their, their role, their position, their job. And that doesn't mean that their job will always stay that place. They, they may change depending yeah. on what's going on. Right. Agreed. So, so we can look at the position of profit and we can look at it in a modern time as this is somebody who's helping bring the rhema, right? The, the current word of right. God exactly, to help guide what's going on. And especially uh, when you have an apostle who has a vision for an area or a vision for a church, having a prophet there can really help, you know, and, and at Revive, you know, we, we have our prophet who, who helps. <laughs> where is he? <laughs> who helps give direction to the apostolic vision, right? And and helps kind of oversee the prophetic side of things, which is important. A church yes. needs to have that. You know, I think the American church, it's time for us to start seeing, there, hey, we've got other roles than just one guy has to do it all. One mm -hmm. guy doesn't have to do exactly. it all. Everybody does in part. Um, so getting back to that idea of prophecy, everybody has bits that they're bringing together yes and you had mentioned that that there is one a group of traits or a group of of pillars pillars that that still need to be brought out a little bit one thing that i want to get into which this is what's on everybody's mind 
the election. Yeah. Um, how did you see these pillars working in there? Where do you see the current status of what's happening with prophecy and what's going on in the election? And, right. and, and I want to hear your thoughts on what's good, what's bad, what's going well, what's not going well. Where are we at in terms of the prophetic community talking about the Trump election? Right. So I think where we are, where we're at right now is there was a lot of prophecies uh, regarding a uh, Trump uh, second term, right? Um, one of the most uh, prolific ones was probably uh, spoken by a, a prophet named Kim Clement, who actually died uh, maybe I think it was two or three weeks after Trump was elected the first time, hmm. and he had uh, the prophecy about Trump uh, winning two terms years before Trump was even on the. Uh, uh, on what, the radar. Yeah, on the yeah. radar. You know, I mean, he'd show up and he'd be like, he'd go to the first Republican debate and then he'd be gone. And, yeah. uh, every, you know, everyone just had uh, myself. Uh, I thought, oh, Trump is just here. Just little publicity. Say hi to everybody and then and then dip. Yeah. Right? That was it. And so um, uh, when those prophecies came out and it sounded like he was talking about Trump, people were like, well, what? <laughs> like, you know, there was there was there was heavy skepticism about that being even valid. And then. When Trump started winning the primaries, everyone started paying attention. Yeah. And then he won the election. So there's been prophecies as far back from before he was even in the primaries that he would win uh, two terms. Yeah. There's uh, lots of people who've had prophecies that said he would win a second term that were prophesied in the middle of of his uh, of his uh, of his first term. Now, now here's one question, which. I don't know how many people have really thought of this question, but, and, and I don't know if you can know specifically, but have these people prophesied two consecutive terms? That's, 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 so it's always in the details, right? And, it, and you have to understand whenever anybody prophesies, it is not at the same level as say the Bible. Yeah. You're not, you're not at that level of revelation, period. That's just not something that happens in prophecy yeah. now, period. So you're not at the level of scripture. So you're not at that high level of revelation. When you speak things out, no matter how pure it is from the Holy Spirit going in, there's going to be uh, filters that it runs, that word runs through before it comes out of your mouth. Mm -hmm. And you have to understand some prophets may have heard dates. They might have heard extra details and they might not have spoken maybe because their, uh, uh, their desire for a second Trump presidency was certain high. They didn't want to put any, any caveats on it yeah. or any conditions on it, or which even... is, which is okay with prophecy to have yeah. conditions because there are conditions. And, and if there's a sliver of doubt of, being too specific, you right. know, as, as you're giving the word as exactly, if, if you just happen to hear the word successive, but there's some type of doubt in there. Well, did I put that in there? Or right. Was, you know, they may just leave it out yeah. or non consecutive, you know, yeah, like exactly. it, it could play either way. Exactly. So I, I hear you on that. And, and that's, that's something to be aware of, but I don't think I've heard anybody say too successive, consecutive terms right exactly know? and and i think we can take that as an encouragement of which it's hard to take as an encouragement of hey oh, yeah, it yeah. might not be consecutive right but it doesn't mean the game is over no especially if people go through four years of biden and 
<laughs> right, <laughs> they get exactly. out on the other side and they exactly. go, no. and, and how old is Trump right now? <laughs> he, oh, man. He's 74? 74, I think. 74. How old is so, Biden? Biden's 78 right now. So he, he's going to be, he's be the same age. age. It's, yeah. it's the same. It's, you know. Now, no, the one thing I will say is that I, I, um, in the prophetic words that were given, it was, yeah. it was, uh, pretty clear that he would have a second term yeah. based on those prophetic words. Now, one of those pieces, one of those pillars that we're talking about is condition, right? Is, is words being conditional. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, in, uh, second Chronicles, it talks about if, if there's a prophetic word that's saying that says, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray, I will heal, heal their land. Okay. That's a prophecy that's completely conditional because it basically starts with an if, if my people called by my name. Yeah. Okay. That's very specific. Uh, we talked a little bit uh, before we went online about uh, uh, other prophecies that were given uh, specifically by Jonah uh, to Nineveh. Jonah gets spit out of the fish after he's trying to not go to Nineveh because he doesn't want to bring the word of the Lord to them. He doesn't want to deal with those people. He goes to Nineveh. His prophetic word is 40 days, y'all going to (laughs) die. All of you, you're going to be dead. You're going to be overthrown. You're done. That was his prophetic word. His prophetic word was not... Uh, you're going to all die unless, you know, there's a little chance you might be able to, you know, go this route. He said, 40 days, you're done. Yep. That was, that was the prophetic word. Now it says, uh, the people of Nineveh heard him and they believed him and they repented. Now, the interesting thing was 40 days because they repented, because they actually turned from what they were doing and listened to God, then the uh, the judgment or the punishment that was going to befall them was extended out. So did Nineveh eventually fall? Yeah, but it was 120 years yeah. later. So they took 40, 40 day, okay? You have 40 days before you're going to be gone. And through their repentance they changed the prophecy. Okay. So that prophecy was conditional. Okay. So they, they repented, they changed the condition of their heart, therefore pushing, pushing yeah. that destruction out 120 years. And I think a lot of people just don't, they don't pay attention to that type of stuff. Right. Is understanding, Oh, wait a second. This is conditional to where it didn't, it doesn't, uh, I don't even want to say it doesn't come true. It gets extended out because you and I were talking, right? Mm -hmm. And one of the things that people say, or they look to scripture and scripture says, uh, you know, if, if the prophecy is wrong, then, then the prophet's wrong. It's a false prophet. And so as soon as we decide that the prophecy was wrong, because we've decided that the timeline has been drawn, because we decided, because we decided, (laughs) then the prophet must be a false prophet. But if you look at biblical reasoning, the reason, <laughs> the, 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 the idea falls flat because Jonah, 40 days, you're dead. Well, it didn't happen in 40 days. Right, exactly. There was this, this condition, this line drive. Like right. God says, hey, I sent you in order to wake them up. 
Yeah. It, it was a calling out. It was a, you guys need to wake up now so that I don't destroy you right now. And, and they accepted that they, they got, they got a prophet's reward for accepting the word of a prophet. Exactly. <laughs> right. And, exactly. And I think they we did. forget that. Yeah. And I think one of the, uh, One of the interesting things in uh, the case of uh, the, the Trump prophecies and that type of thing as well is, okay, what was the unspoken condition? Was the unspoken condition the church waking up and coming out to vote for him in droves, which I believe they did. Yeah. I believe I saw some... Some uh, some polls that said uh, the evangelicals, I believe, voted 88%. But I will tell you, 11% is a lot of percent yeah. for people that should be voting on biblical principles, namely abortion. So when you talk about the uh, the conditions of the prophecy, and if you're a prophet who got the word that Donald Trump was to be elected, to a second term, where was the uh, uh, where was the push to teach people the principles and why yeah. why would God say that Trump is going to have a second term? Yeah. Why? And then get behind that because see, when a prophecy comes out, you have to say, okay, God, is this your plan? And if it is His plan, then you have to partner with it. Mm -hmm. And I believe there's, I, I don't believe it's completely prevalent in the church, but I believe there's a lot of people in the church that did not care that that was the case. And they did not partner with God in doing that. And there's, there's conditions that should be met that said, hey, we're partnering with God on this. Which Carol asked, what was the spoken condition? So what do you... There's do not you, always spoken condition. Not always There's No, Jonah, like given. I mentioned with uh, with Jonah, it doesn't have to be a spoken condition. Yeah. Interesting. Which that's, that's something to weigh out is as we seek the Lord on this type of stuff and we, we say, okay, Lord, where are you at on this? What's going on? Yeah. At least then we're seeking. Yes. If we're not asking those questions, we're not saying, okay, Lord, what are you doing here? Then we're, we're not seeking him. We're just continuing to go of our own heart or of our own mind. When you, yeah. when you start dealing, when you realize that you're operating in a gift of prophecy and uh, maybe even uh, called to be a prophet, one of the things that you have to do is you have to understand that when you hear things from God, Ask why, yeah. ask when, ask details, you know, ask for more, let him, let him, he'll, he'll, he'll reveal things to you. He'll, he'll do that. Maybe not all in your timing, but he will. So there's a lot of, uh, there's a huge aspect of uh, prophecy uh, that when you are getting revelation and talking with God, there might be things that he withholds. There might be things uh, that you're, it's not for you to know at that time. But again, that goes to why we see in parts. Mm-hmm. Right. So so you might get one piece of it. Somebody else might get another piece of it. But when it comes to to these conditions, I think one of the most important things is to realize when people were prophesying about Trump's second term. What did so in, in that in Second uh, Chronicles, it said, if 
my people called by my name will humble themselves and pray. He did not say if the entire world or if all the peoples of the world or anything outside of his people. His people. Yeah. So he's talking specifically about Israel. If we relate that now to the church, if you are a Christian and you are in the kingdom of God and you are representing the kingdom of God, voting is extremely important. Yeah. And voting, not your conscience. You're voting for you're voting for the king. You're voting for Jesus. Not actually filling in the name next to Jesus. We <laughs> we did that. We you, hopefully you've already done that. No, but but he's the king. But what I'm saying is we are we are uh, almost uh, taking a prophetic act in writing down, filling in the bubble next to the name that we that Jesus has told us to fill yeah. out the bubble for. Okay, so so in that sense, if you, if you get a prophetic word that Donald Trump is supposed to win a second term because God wants to use that to advance the kingdom, you better partner with the Holy that, Spirit. That's really kind of the spoken condition itself, yeah, yeah, right? Is, yeah. is do hey, you do you believe <laughs> do you believe me? Yeah. That's and, what that's what that's what the Holy Spirit is saying. And there's there's I'm sure a lot of people who will back against that and say that's just Trump voters who call themselves a prophet prophesying what they want to have happen. But right. Here's my other question is, I haven't heard anybody, anybody come on with a prophecy about Biden. Right. Now, if there was question or there was there's confusion on the whole thing, wouldn't we hear somebody coming out and, and prophesying that, that Biden's the one that's going to bring peace back into America? And, and you, you would know, think so. And, and Biden case, yeah. will win two terms and, and that kind of thing. So I just find it interesting that no matter what happens with all of these prophecies, boy, they all seem to be pointing to Trump. Right. And it's something we have to be patient with and weigh out. And, you know, like, yeah, there's, there's, there's a lot to it right now. There's a lot of things going on with the election. There's a lot of, um, a lot of investigations going on into fraud. There's a whole lot of things going on. So uh, coming out right now and saying, Oh, I'm, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I apologize for my prophecy that's that's premature yeah. and it's not um uh, you need to be careful when you have a prophetic word from god um yes we're we're all humble in the sense that we know we can get it wrong right but until we're 100 absolutely to the t proved wrong you better fight for that word absolutely. one way or another. you better honor the word that the lord spoke through you that that honoring that word is more important than uh than looking humble hmm. right than looking uh, uh like you're agreeable okay that's not that's not even on the list right now right that's that's we're always humble you, there's no reason to come out and apologize for what you believe god spoke through you until it is 100 proved that you were off on it yeah you know and i'm i'm glad you point that out because i think we we forget that faith after the word is spoken it can still be a battle yeah it can still be tough so we have to approach faith as something that's active and to continue to fight for in a way because if we let's say you speak a word or 
you feel called to do something and honestly i'm preaching myself right now but like if you feel called to do something and you don't continue to fight for it then you really didn't have faith in that in the first place or you had enough doubt to let yourself be swayed right. by the things that come in 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 your way look look at the yeah. story of david probably one of the most prevalent uh, prophets in the bible was samuel and he was both a priest and a prophet and he goes and he anoints a prophetic act and in, in a you know goes and anoints david king over israel yeah at his father's house right at jesse's house and uh from there uh david starts serving the king things are going good things are going his way right and then saul gets angry with him and chucks a spear at him and tries to kill him okay so there is there is a a prophetic action that happened to set in place that he would be the king of israel and then what is it confronted against of of, of saul hmm. right a jealous king basically chucking a spear at him wanting him dead and then basically chasing him for most of his life yeah. even though david served and was was amazing in in the honor of the king but would you, would would Samuel should Samuel have come out right after Saul chucked a spear at him and said, "Oh, I'm guys, I'm sorry, <laughs> I'm sorry, I, I missed it. I was, I, I was, I you know, know I saw David, on. you know, the whole Goliath thing. I was just on a, I was on a high from that, <laughs> and it's just like, yeah, this guy should be the next king, you know, and and so yeah, I anointed him, but uh, you know, I really apologize. Sometimes you get it wrong." Dave, absolutely. And we've we've got a couple of comments that I'll I'll go through before we uh before we end out because we're a little after eight. So Paul says Isaiah 45 was repeated often in prophecies about Trump. Even in the original word of God calling Cyrus his servant, I don't see yep. the condition there. So Paul's recognizing that there's not necessarily a condition in every prophecy, right? Um and I I I've heard the comparison of Trump to cyrus and, and right. that kind of thing i put it on the shelf you know you and i have talked about that yeah i, I put it on the shelf i'm it, it doesn't affect me either way in the sense of like look if 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 he's today's cyrus then so be it if he's right. not hey i i still support what he's doing because he's i appreciate what he's doing for america for the church for individualism for the yeah. constitution I accept all that, whether he's considered God Cyrus or not. Um, we had many words God is telling me over and over. Do you believe? Right? Yeah. It's, yeah. Do you believe it? Do you believe it? Do you follow it? Um, Carol says, yes, over and over again. I hear in my spirit if I believe even one of these prophecies is from him or the Holy Spirit, then I must stand on that no matter what, or yeah. there is no faith. Exactly. And says, God may be testing Christians to see who believes. Yes. Yeah. I think there's a, I think one of the, uh, one of the uh, definitions actually of judgment. Okay. People, people look, uh, I think a lot of uh, prophets run around and, and say, oh, judgment is coming. Judgment is coming. And I think they're right. Okay. But I don't yeah. think they're actually, they, they might actually be uh, using a different definition of judgment. And what I mean by that is the Lord coming to judge you might be the Lord coming to reveal what's actually going on right now in America. 
uh, there's a lot of this whole year has been a year of judgment and I'm Absolutely. not talking about punishment. Yeah. We have an accurate idea of who believes what and what it takes for uh, for certain people. Right. To to be uh, uh, coerced by the government or convinced by the government to do something. Right. We have an idea of of which churches are going to um, uh value sort of their um, their standing with government officials over okay is the holy spirit bringing us this way or is he not you know yeah and, and i'm not talking about people if, if listen if you felt like the holy spirit said hey close down for a month that's perfectly fine absolutely that's exactly what i'm talking about is being sensitive to the spirit not being you don't want to be the person who just opposes the government for being for opposing the government you want to be the person that just listens to the spirit and when it comes to what the government wants you to do, you have to let the chips fall where they're going to fall. Yeah, it's 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 a matter of listening to the Holy Spirit. But as far as uh, like the uh, the prophecies of, about uh, Trump winning, right now I still I'm I'm fully vested in those. I am too. I'm I'm fully vested in those. We're not looking back. If you look at the amount of prayer that is happening, if you watch the prayer meetings, uh, the different posts from people that have a op apostolic. Uh, prayer mantle over the U.S. People like Dutch Sheets. You look at what uh, what's going on in his meetings and what's coming out of that uh, that river, if you will. There's there's people praying more than there has been in America probably in years. Yeah. So so there's 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 uh, little doubt in my mind that this is going to end the way God wants it to yeah. because of the amount of prayer that's going on right now. And that's. That is a word of hope for all of us. And and we're about to end here, and I'm so glad you ended on a word of hope, is that's the sign that people are waking up. And, yeah. and I've talked a lot about you know the the activity and the energy of, of people. They they're not taking it anymore. And I'm glad you reiterated something that I've been saying is it feels like the mask has slipped off and and we know where things are right, right. now. We know where everything kind of stacks up, good and bad. And right now what you're seeing is you're seeing, as sad as it is, family members coming against each other on, on ideas of faith because Trump is that, that, that Rorschach test, you know, like right. the blot test. Yeah, yeah. Trump is the blot test. You, mm -hmm. you see one thing out of him or you see something else out of him depending on how you view and have perspective of the world. And we're watching this in the faith community, people who go, I don't understand how you could possibly support Trump because he's he's a mean guy. He hates people. He's racist. He you know, said, we've, he's, we've heard him say, say mean things. Exactly. And you're watching right now this this argument taking place. And, and you kind of wonder, you know, from my position, it's like, which is more important, Christ or or Democrat Party Biden? Because the argument I'm having is, look, I want to protect the church. And Trump hasn't done anything to harm the church. No, no, he's done he's, the opposite. Yeah. He's, he's helped try to preserve the church's freedom and the church's liberty to be able to go out and speak the gospel. Right. I don't see that from the other side. So I'm going to defend the church. I'm yes. going to stand with the church. Yeah. Um, but what you're in a bigger sense, what you're watching is you're watching kind of the mask fall away and you're watching people be where they actually are because the situation has demanded it. 
And it's a beautiful thing because that is kind of that sense of judgment in the sense of, look, I'm going to shake you out right now. And we're going to see where you end up. Are you going to blow away as chaff or are you going to stay and remain? Right. right? And the beautiful part is, I think a big part of the American church is rising up. Yeah. They're figuring out 100 pray again. They're yeah, they figuring are. out they need to have a closer relationship with God because pandemics and economic breakdown and shutdowns and presidential election fraud, like where else do I turn? Man, yep. maybe I really need to get my faith back in order. And that's encouraging because people are returning to God right at the time that they need to return to God in order for God to be able to (laughs) answer the prayers of the people that have to come in order for the thing to happen. Right. So it it is this, this relationship that happens. And I'm, I'm happy to see that, Hey, the relationship is happening on our part, right? Not just God's. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So with that, I want to give you the last word, last thought to, to give people, the rest of the night with in terms of Trump prophecy and the election. What do you want to say? I would say the last word is uh, uh, for those out there, keep praying. This is, this is, this is a fight that we're in. And I believe that we're going to see uh, Trump come out uh, victorious. I believe that there's going to be a large amount of exposing happening. I don't think it's any uh, accidents that Pennsylvania is going to be key, being that they are the Keystone State. Um, I was on a trip there, a business trip there a long time ago, and uh, walked through the National Park there where the Constitution was written. There is, there is ground there that shaped this nation before, and I believe something is happening there that's going to shape the nation again. Amen. It's a rebirth. So I, I really, really feel like we are in a really good place. Um, the Al Gore, uh, George W thing wasn't settled for 37 days. You know what, if this is settled, um, in 37 days, great. If it takes another month after that, I am, I am in for the battle. That's just, that's just where we are. So let's just stick with that and we're going to go for it. And I think one of the things that is really great about what's going on right now is that the whole lie that the church can't be involved in politics, that the church is not supposed to be involved in politics, that uh, the church should have no say in government, separation of church and state. That lie is being completely crushed Mm -hmm. right now. We need to be involved. We need to be able to speak about the policies. We need to be able to speak about biblical standards in government, period. And if we don't learn to do that, we're not going to be effective in bringing the kingdom to earth. Amen. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And so, therefore, if it's done on earth, it's done at all levels of earth. Exactly. Not just in your personal life. Not just your personal <laughs> life, not just in your church, not just the little uh, area that you live in. It's it's all of the earth. Absolutely. So, Jared, thank you so much. Hey. Thank you very much. Guys, thank you so much for tuning in. Like Dale says, into the battle too. We're all in this battle. And whether your job is to pray, whether your job is to stand up and fight, however that may look, whether your job is to stand next to the people who are standing up and fight, 
We all have something we can do on this. And this movement is going to happen because people get active and they get involved. And I'm not, I'm not, not trying to give you just the cliche thing of, hey, get involved. Don't forget to volunteer. That has to happen, but you need to get involved spiritually. You need to get involved spiritually. Okay? We can't do this without God. And so I want to encourage you guys. Be sure to pray for this nation. Be sure to support those leaders who are upholding God and upholding his standards, his values, as opposed to the world's. And uphold your family. Your family is the most important unit of this whole country. And if you are raising your family in the right way, your family will create another generation that raises in the right way. Yep. And that's the way we take it back. They knew how to take it by generations. They knew. They knew it was a long game. Time for us to step up and start playing the long game. So with that, I love you guys so much. Thank you so much for tuning in. Do not forget to check out the store, 1776truth.store, and check out our Facebook, our YouTube, our parlor. All of you, get on parlor. Sign up with us. Our parlor is at self-evident ministry, okay? At self-evident ministry on parlor, P A R. L-E-R.com. I want to see a rash of signups tonight. Love you guys. Have a great night. Take care.